Hello, hello, and welcome to the Awesome in Seattle podcast. This is Christian Awesome with the Awesome and Awesome group at Wilson Realty, and we have the wonderful... Charlotte Reynolds. Yes, and... The fabulous Jason Saldariaga. <laughs> and we have our newest member here. We have Sarah Kate Davis. Thank you hello. for coming on. <laughs> yes. So Sarah Kate uh, just recently joined the Awesome and Awesome group after almost three years uh, at a different company. And she is, uh, she's blowing Killing us away, it. Yeah, blowing us oh, away with her knowledge. Guys. So <laughs> we are super excited to have her on her first podcast. So, uh, yeah, we're excited. Thank you. And for another girl us. on the team. Yay. Yay. <laughs> now we have three. <laughs> oh, Jason, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take away from your <laughs> feminism I think he's there. happy. I think he's happy. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So today this is a very, although we started off somewhat joking, this is a very, I don't, I don't know about serious, but it's a pretty important topic that everyone really needs to understand. And really, it's on the forefront of everyone's minds right now because there's a lot of talk of recession. And this podcast is really going to help you understand how and what a recession could do and how it could impact you uh, in terms of real estate. Yeah, there's all these articles going around right now on the mm -hmm. interwebs. I'm seeing a lot of agents post them. And... Uh, the premise is pretty surprising. At least when I first saw it, I was like, this is such like a used car salesman exactly. pitch. Basically saying like recessions don't lead historically to home price values going down. Mm -hmm. And when I again, when I first saw that, I was like, no, no, no. Come on. They're how that they have to be lying. But uh, we dug a little deeper. We looked at the data and we're going to be discussing that today. So, yeah. yeah, I think it'll be helpful. And it's, I mean, it's it's understandable. I mean, everyone wants to know how do you protect yourself? Um, I mean, we just had the Great Recession from, you know, 10 years ago, and that's fresh in our minds. And there's so much news out there right now saying there is going to be another recession and it will happen and it is going to happen. Um, so we just need to understand how we can make some smart decisions and uh, and minimize any exposure that you know he might put yourself into. So um, let's dig into this. So Charlotte, first off, let's start pretty basic. Let's just explain what a recession is. Yeah, so it can be a little bit of a difficult question to answer since people tend to define it in slightly different ways. Um, but the most widely accepted definition is that it's a period when the GDP growth rate is negative for two consecutive quarters or six months. Um, and this can happen for many different reasons, some of which are way outside the scope of this podcast, but it's often to do um, with a financial crisis like the Great Depression or the bursting of an economic bubble like what we saw in 2001 with the dot-com crash. Yep. So that's a good, I guess, definition. So we're all on the same page of what we're talking about. So since the last recession is so fresh in our minds, Sarah Kate, do you want to kind of recap what actually happened during that last recession? Yeah, definitely. What we saw in 2008 was super unique because it was directly caused by the collapse of the housing market. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think it's fair to say that most other recessions were not caused by the housing market. So people are still pretty raw from 2008 and they're scared and they think that all recessions greatly impact this lovely housing market. Mm -hmm. And it's just not the case. Yep. That's very, very true. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of it was a lot of what happened then was because of the mortgage industry just really not being regulated. 
It sure wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> they they like to give out money like candy. So mm-hmm. they were they were a little shady those mortgage industry folks and <laughs> <laughs> and people were, you know, given more money than they were qualified for. They were given subprime loans and that's a type of loan that's granted to people that have poor credit scores who just couldn't qualify for conventional loans. And so, you know, they just didn't have the means to end up being able to pay those back. So I think that was obviously a huge problem. A prime example is myself. And I'll give a little personal testimony of what happened back in the day. So in January 2005, I started out, January 5th, 2005, I started as a real estate agent, which as you know, is commission only. I made no salary. Um, I had not very much money in the bank. um, And six months later, I bought a $535,000 house I had $2,000 in my bank account and I put $1,500 of that down. That was my total down payment on a half million dollar house. And it was because they were literally giving mortgages away to anyone for any price for any reason. Thankfully, what I bought was a nine bedroom duplex. I lived in the upstairs two bedroom apartment. I rented out the seven bedrooms down below in their own separate apartment. And I made 250 bucks a month living in my own house, but that's not what most people were doing when they were getting these loans that they probably shouldn't have been able to qualify for. Um, So that's just a a good example of what was happening back then. Anyone could get a loan for any amount, for any reason, no matter if you had a job history, a salary, you had any good credit, didn't matter. Yeah, I mean, the banks came calling. They wanted their dollars and yeah. people couldn't afford to pay them back. So yeah, when that's the bubble when, burst, that's what happened. Yeah, Banks were like, not everyone us. was as smart as Christian in regards to how they use the, yeah. the mortgage. <laughs> no. Well, and so many people too were using their home like an ATM machine. They would refinance and then use that money that they took out of their home to buy RVs or vacation properties or boats or toys or whatever. And it, it was just funny money at that point. Money, money. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people just started defaulting and dun dun dun, the recession. Yep. Fortunately, but, afterwards, though, they definitely implemented changes to uh, curb that. Yeah, yeah, the Frank Dodd, the Dodd Frank. Yeah. Maybe I should say it right. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be helpful for people. The yeah. Dodd Frank Act. There so you go. they just, what happened with that is they put stricter, strict, I can't talk today. That's all right. Stricter standards there you go. <laughs> on the types of loans that banks could offer people. And this same act also prevented lenders and appraisers from giving and receiving kickbacks. Mm-hmm. Which that was prevalent. It was like, you know, if I was a lender, I would call my favorite appraiser and say, hey, this house needs to appraise at this price. Oh, by the way, here's your four tickets to the Yankee game on Sunday. Like, make sure that happens and that stuff was happening left and right so now the dodd frank act is like separated them they are lenders and appraisers cannot talk to each other there's a third party that does all that stuff so that's the last recession um but taking a look back at over the recent past jason how have recessions really impacted home prices yeah, um, in a nutshell, they really haven't, which I find surprising. I know, after we all did. Day, yeah, because, um, I mean, the last recession is so fresh still in yeah. everyone's minds that we kind of always assume that a recession impacts housing, but it's just not true. Correct. So one of the articles that's being posted a lot on the interwebs right now um, 
points to research that is done that was done by some real estate related companies. So, you know, that right there is like a red flag, red flag, or at least a yellow flag. Correct. Wait, wait a second. Now they show that over the past five recessions since 1980, home prices only fell during two of them. Okay. One of them was obviously the great recession in 2008. The other one was during the recession in 1990, um, after the cold war. And during that one in 1990, prices only decreased by less than 1%, 1% and they rebounded pretty quickly. So that one was pretty mm-hmm. minimal in and of itself. Um, that being said, the, the Great Recession in 2008, we saw home prices decrease by 14%. So that was pretty dramatic. And yeah. again, that's what's fresh in our minds. But, yep. um, but yeah, I was very surprised by that. Yeah. Another article sponsored by Zillow. Uh, looked over the past 23 years. So excluding the Great Recession, this is what Zillow has to say. There have been over 1,000 instances of states being in a recession during a given month. Annual home value appreciation was positive 81% of the time during these months. So an identical rate to months in which states were in economic expansion. So, in other words, home prices weren't negatively affected during these recessions. So that article, the one by Zillow, they did a little different of an analysis compared to the first article I mentioned. They looked at local and statewide recessions, and there's many of those. Um, And so there's over a thousand instances of those types of recessions. And basically what they're saying is um, annual home appreciation was positive 81% of the time during those moments of recession. now, you know, keep in mind the time frame here is the past 23 years. But uh, but yeah, again, another surprising article or, or conclusion, I, I should mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's actually pretty understandable because, you know, housing is a basic need. So no matter really what's happening with the economy, um, everyone needs somewhere to live. So it might not necessarily be doing well, but it's just kind of trucking along. It is important, though, to remember that um, during recession, you might find it harder to sell your house. So, mm-hmm. so two sides. Like, yeah, the price might be the same, but it is harder to sell the house. So, yep. if you buy something that's crappy in one way, shape, form, or another, mm-hmm. um, it might be a little hard to sell in a good market. In a recession, it's just going to be exacerbated, and it yeah. might sit for a little bit. So, keep that in mind. There are two sides to that coin. Yeah, and often we we hear clients that want a home that's recession proof, quote unquote. And I mean, that's, there's no such thing first off, but we hear that so often. Yeah. Yeah. But the way that you can make it the most recession proof, I guess, is, um, is really focusing on resale. How easy and and how really, how easy is it going to be to resell this house? And as real estate agents, this is at least here at the awesome and awesome group, that is what we focus on a lot. We are always walking through, not only does this house make sense for you today, when you go to sell, is this going to make a lot of sense for other people? Some of the things that we look at, some of the things that make a home hard to sell, uh, and let's just all talk about this, but, but what are some of the things? I mean, I'll start it off. I mean, awkward floor plans. You don't want to have to walk through a bedroom to access another bedroom. That's I mean, we've, we've seen that stuff where it's <laughs> oh, like, it's yeah. a three-bedroom house, but you have to get to the third bedroom through the second. I know. I can't believe how common that actually is. Yeah, it's a little it's, funky. Yeah. Those houses are really hard to sell. They, Just yeah. throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're nice in that they're like really historic. 
But usually, yes. <laughs> but again, during a recession, like good luck finding yeah. somebody to, to buy that. That's gotta, a hard sell for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. What yeah. are some other other things that make homes hard to sell? The gradation of the the property itself, especially in Seattle, there's so many hills. There are pros and cons to this. A lot of times mm-hmm. when you're on a slope, you might have a great view that might help with the property value. Mm-hmm. But depending on how it's sited and what the benefits are, if it's a really sloped property, you know, you probably can't use that land very much. You're not going to be able to play ball in the yard with the kids and that sort of thing. So um, that can that can be difficult. Mm-hmm. I would say busy streets. Yeah, Ooh, that's a good busy one. Busy streets can be harder. You know, they can yeah, they can be harder for people. Some mm-hmm. people, I think that maybe moving from larger cities where they're used to living in really great metropolitan areas, you know, maybe they don't mind so much. But yeah, other people. I mean, if you're moving from the Bronx, or yeah, <laughs> Brooklyn or I don't sure. Know, I, yeah. But, you know, for, I would say for most people, the, the busy street is huge. Yeah. yeah. And the key there, in my eyes, when I'm looking at properties in this regard, mm-hmm. a busy street can be a, an advantage depending on how it's set up yep. because it's maybe more accessible, but it's also the type of property that's on a busy street. So if yep. you have like a huge, amazing front yard and it's in on a busy street, mm-hmm. that's not necessarily the greatest compared to if you had like a townhouse um, that you don't have a yard anyways. So you're taking advantage of the location. It's on a yep. busy street, Ooh, bus lines. you know, the what bus lines. So, and the, you know, yeah. so there's demographics also in, in that aspect. So I, I think it's, it's nuanced there. I, I love, yeah. I, I love mean, that definitely aspect. with like townhomes or condos being on a busy street, that's not going to impact as much as a single family Correct. house. For sure. Yeah. I mean, one, one area that I always think of when I'm thinking being on a busy street is really like, 50th in Wallingford. Oh yeah, it's going crazy. east and west between Green Lake and I5. There's all these houses on there, and if you compare the same exact house that's on 50th to one that's on 53rd, the one on 53rd is going to be way more expensive than the one on 50th, even though it's the same Definitely. house essentially. Mm-hmm. So that's just something to keep in mind, and that's also a plus for a buyer though, because you can get a nice big house in a good neighborhood. But on a busy street, you can get it for less versus... So maybe that's if a, a way to... they're willing to sacrifice, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. But you have to know that when you go to sell, you're not going to get mm-hmm. the most money. Your home's not going to increase in price as much. It's going to take longer to sell. Well, and if there's 5,000 similar properties on the market, that's when it's difficult, exactly. right? right. And, and that's what you see more often during recessions. Mm-hmm. Again, not like we saw in 2008. What are some other issues that uh, that that homes could have that could stop it from being able to sell in a recession. I think like condos in general can be a little bit more risky during a recession. Okay. Um, the first thing people stop paying is their homeowners dues. So yeah. if they're low on cash, that is that's, such a good point. They're not yeah. reported to the credit agencies. So that's yeah. a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't take a hit for not paying those. And that affects the HOA for yep. somebody else who's potentially looking to buy. And mm-hmm. there's still some HOAs today in 2019 that are still recovering from dues not being paid from 2008, nine, 10. Like they're still <laughs> trying to recover from that. Um, yeah. Once that cycle starts, it spirals out of control really quickly because exactly. then they don't maintain the property. Then people move out. Then they mm-hmm. have no HOA dues to pay to, you know, it just yep. gets really bad fast. Yep. Yeah. Um, structural problems would be another one. This is now a little more difficult to assess during a 
a, a visual inspection. But if you have a good inspector, they should be able to pinpoint, you know, big structural problems. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just all these aspects during a hot housing market, they're kind of overlooked. Mm-hmm. And when things turn ever so slightly, even though even what we what we've seen in Seattle over the last year, or so even that kind of shift, it's still definitely a seller's market here. But yep. even now that it's slightly less of a seller's market, you're seeing stuff sit that are they're just not as prime as they were before because there's better options and there's more competition. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. So when you're when you're trying to find a good real estate agent to help you, make sure that they're helping you actually understand what the long term resale value could be, and is this home going to be an easy one to sell if the market turns or we have a recession or something happens? Exactly. We can d- dig so much deeper into this topic. We can, I, I, you can give multiple college courses on this That's you true. can you can get multiple college degrees on this you can make a career just on one recession i mean this is so don't even like so don't think that this is your now you have like ap economics exactly okay no. you don't i'm sorry this was the gist of it okay. and that's what today was about but essentially i mean you want to recap what what all this meant jason yes yeah, so, tie it all together i mean in in a nutshell it's surprising but true. If you look at the data, yeah. generally speaking, recessions don't lead to a, a decrease in home values. They might plateau. They might stagnate for a little bit, for a few months mm-hmm. or a year or so. Um, but they generally don't decrease in home values, especially like what we saw in the last recession, which is really yeah. what I think most people still have fresh in their minds. And this is this is honestly when we saw these articles being posted and agents reposting them and making videos about them. We were like, Oh, car salesman, used car salesman. This is not true. We're going to dig into this and disprove what everyone's saying. Yeah. And then I saw like, okay, this research is from Zillow or this research is from a real estate related group that again, I'm like, okay, well that's reliable. Yeah. But again, you look, but I, you dig a little deeper and it it appears true. true. Now there's so much nuance to this. So if you're interested, do not hesitate to reach out Mm -hmm. um, and reach out to any of us uh, at awesome awesome just go to awesomenawesome.com our contact info is right there um but i do want to say a couple things first off um we are more than just real estate agents we're not economics majors or economists but we are resources so if mm-hmm. you are interested in this topic you want um, your concern is buying something that's recession proof, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, we're Not here to discuss that okay. with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And connect you with people like uh, financial planners, financial fiduciaries, that sort of thing. Yep. Um, that being said, I do want to kind of end in one note. If your goal is to have something, quote unquote, recession proof, like Christian said multiple times, that's not possible. What is possible is making a positioning yourself to be less, to be, minimize the negative impact of a recession. You never know what a, the next recession will do to whatever asset. Mm-hmm. And so generally the way to do that is by diversification. So home ownership is the nation's greatest source of wealth generation for most Americans. Makes sense. It's a basic need like we already discussed. Everybody needs a house and it's usually their biggest asset. But if you want to be more recession proof, then you want the big D, diversification. (laughs) You want more than just one asset type. So stocks, bonds. um, And this is coming from real estate agents telling you to, you know, look into diversifying. We're not saying 
don't buy real estate. We're saying look at all your options and maybe don't have all your eggs in one basket so that you can better protect yourself. Correct. And if you do look at the data, generally speaking, the housing market is the least volatile. But to truly be more... Uh, recession proof. I hate that term though, but recession, recession resilient. There we go. There you go. Um, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to make a shirt. Yes. You know, you want <laughs> multiple assets because it might, you might need money fast and it might not be a good time to sell that house because it's not in your best interest. It might not sell in the time that you need it to. So maybe you have stocks then that you can sell. So uh, home ownership is the main at, uh, asset source for most people, mm-hmm. but it should be one of multiple. So that's well, my spiel. I thought that was an awesome show. I hope that everyone got a lot out of that. Uh, Charlotte, Sarah, Kate, Jason, you guys were all awesome. Well done. That's Thanks. why we're the awesome, awesome group. Well, duh. Oh, that's a good plug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, again, if anyone has any questions at all, they want to talk to us further, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Awesomeandawesome.com. You can schedule a time to meet with us. It's totally free. There's never any commitment. We never pressure anyone. And we're really going to try to help you. That is truly our goal. We want to help people. We want to tell you if buying a house makes sense or not. Um, and that's it. Thanks very much. We'll see you next time. Thank you all. Thanks.